This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Friday the 27th of January 2023. Coming up, Envision Glasses now has subscriptions attached and glasses that can help you navigate the world more safely. But can they help you avoid ice? You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Just want to pass on some well wishes for Sean. The ladies in the Bridge Club here have had the consensus that while he's laid up, there's no excuse for him not to have Braille lessons. And at the same time, once he gets up and about with Fidigio, he has no excuse not to do some O&M training. Good luck, Sean. Have fun. Get well soon. Hi, Stephen. It's Eleanor. I'm just calling to send my commiserations to Sean. One minute you're walking along, minding your own business, and the next you go down with a clatter, and your whole life is turned upside down. After me talking, telling you about my broken ankle last week, breaking a leg for a bit of one-upmanship is taking things a tad too far. (laughs) But seriously, I hope Sean's leg will make a full recovery. And it won't be too long till he's back doing what he does so well. What is that? The only upside to the situation is that he can spend more time having exciting adventures on Night Manager (laughs) without leaving his chair. Keep on steering the good ship double tap with your various co-hosts. This is Eleanor, friend of the shed. Signing off. Bye. Thank you, Eleanor. Thank you, Ronnie, as well. Hello, everybody. Yes, it is Double Tap for another day. And uh, lots and lots of you getting in touch to wish Sean well. And uh, he is back home. He is recovering. Uh, So we will hopefully hear from him maybe next week. We'll grab a quick call with him. But uh, probably not back on the show for a little bit. But certainly we'll uh, get a chance to to catch up with them. Anyway, hope you're well today. Thank you. Yeah, as you know, it's funny because Eleanor did mention that, didn't she? She mentioned last week about her ankle break and uh, Sean thought he would just do one better. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And yeah, Ronnie's right, actually. Yeah, you could do, I mean, obviously, you could have the night manager game, as Eleanor says, at night, so that's fine. You can do that while you're laid up, Sean. Also, you can learn Braille and, OA, and get your own M sorted out when you get better, your orientation and mobility. Wow. There we go. <laughs> We've got a busy life for Sean. He can't even rest up in peace, can he? Can't even rest in peace. No, rest up in peace, actually. Let's be, yeah. (laughs) It's not that bad. Anyway, uh, yes, today, lots to talk about, including some breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yes. Big breaking news out of last night. Envision held a webinar last night, and they were talking about price changes and arguably some price rises, you might say, as well. Depends on how you look at this. Uh, so, yeah, all the details are on their website, let's Um I want to take you through some of the news that we've got from Envision on this. And uh, obviously, we'll be looking for your feedback as well. I want to know what you think about all this. Uh, let me talk you through some of the, the changes. Um, and then we're actually going to hear from Karthik Karnan today from Envision, because you might remember back in October here on Double Tap, we actually spoke to Karthik. And I actually did put this question to him. I actually did ask the question, will you be thinking about changing prices? Will there be a subscription model introduced? What will happen to the app? Because you might remember around October time, the app became free. It was a subscription-based application, so you could have the Envision AI app, which you don't need the glasses for. And this is maybe where things get confused for people. So the Envision AI app is independent. It's standalone. You can use it on your smartphone, like Seeing AI, like Lookout on Android. Um, or alternatively, you can go out and also buy the Envision glasses, which is an extension of that to some degree, right? But really, the glasses are, are standalone. They work on their own. Uh, they do connect to the device for updates and things, but really, it's it's a standalone thing. So you can choose to have the Envision glasses and the Envision AI app, or you could just have the Envision AI app on its own. And that was a subscription-based app. You did have to pay some money for that per month. Can't remember exactly how much, but you had to pay for it. Anyway, they ended that subscription in October last year. So I put the question to Karthik at the time, saying, How 
How long can that be sustainable? So we'll get the answer to that question for you, and we'll see if that stacks up with uh, what we heard from uh, Karthik and the team at Envision last night. But let me talk you through some of the updates. So what they have done is they have basically introduced three new versions, or editions, as they call it, of the Envision glasses. So they're bringing out the Read edition, and this is all from now. It's actually kicked off last night, but officially, I guess, today. Um, the Read edition is the first edition of Envision Glasses. This is the Google Glass type device, which you get, uh, which is uh, called Google Glass Enterprise Edition 2, incidentally. Uh, You get all the reading features like instant text, scan text, batch scan, um, and you get maintenance updates for free, and that's unlimited, so you'll always get, the thing will always be updated and always be uh, good to use any challenges or any problems with the the system it will be updated and fixed for you so that's fine uh, but you get a one year free subscription to feature updates and this is where things get interesting uh, and you get the frames of course with that as well that's coming in at 1899 US 1899 US dollars um no canadian pricing at this point in time then there's the home edition which they've brought out now this is uh Apparently, for anyone who wants to enjoy the whole Envision experience, um, and that is also including other features. I mean, it comes with the instant text, the scan text, the batch scan, but it also comes with call an ally, call Ira, describe scene, detect light, recognize cache, detect colors, find people, find objects, touching a teacher face, not touch a face, teacher face. <laughs> wow, what glasses are these? Uh, and explore, right? So... Basically, instant text plus is how you would look at this one. You get the free maintenance updates again, and you get another year subscription to feature updates. So big updates. And they consider that things like the calling IRA feature. That would be considered a big feature update, right? Uh, and that's coming in at 2499 US. So that's kind of roughly in the same ballpark as where we are at. So the, what they've done really is they've introduced a slightly cheaper, uh, simpler version of the Envision glasses, which just give you the, the the instant text, the scan text, and the batch scan features for eighteen nine nine. So think of that what you will. Then there's a professional edition, which goes a bit further. It has all the same features, incidentally, but comes with a two-year hardware warranty and a lifetime subscription to feature updates. And that's the important bit. Okay, now that comes in at three four nine nine. You might think to yourself, well, hang on, if it's exactly the same glasses and it's exactly the same features, why would I pay an extra $1,000? Well, here's the thing. Um, You're also getting fashionable luxe frames or, as they call it, protective Smith optic frames. Okay, so you get, I think, different types of glasses that can go with it. Um, So that was interesting to learn about. Um, The updates, though, this is where I think a lot of people are interested So what they have said is that free feature updates on the Vision Glasses will continue until January 2024. And then they will introduce an option to subscribe to new feature updates and functionality for $199 US per year. Okay, so they say that subscriptions will then enable them to basically create more features and come up with great new things, including, of course, what they can do with AI and image recognition and all of that stuff. The maintenance updates will continue for free. Um, but the feature updates will continue with a subscription. And the most important thing to to take out of this, I was listening to the, the presentation last night, and the takeaway here is, and again, it's important to realize this, it's not, it's not a subscription that's coming in that you have to pay. If you want the new features of, of, of Envision, whatever they may be, then you can pay the $200 US per year doesn't seem to be a monthly option on that at the moment. There seems to be that you would just pay the $200 up front. So from my reading of this, you opt in to that subscription. The glasses themselves and all the features on them will continue to work. And everything will continue. Everything you've paid for, everything I've you know paid for, everything you've paid for will be continued. And those maintenance updates will, will come in and all that stuff, right? So that's that's what I'm taking from this. And... If I want whatever the new features are, say they come up with a fantastic new feature that I think I must have, then I would pay the $200 a year. But you don't have to pay it right away. Um, so I think that's the important takeaway from it. Now, there is another feature of this, which is kind of interesting. There's an upgrade path as well, which they've brought in. And again, this raised, I think, a few eyebrows on the call um, and on the webinar yesterday because 
They have the ability to go from, say, read edition to home edition or home edition to professional edition. And really, I think if you're... The professional edition is being brought in for two reasons. One is for workplaces, I think. you know. So say in the UK, we have the access to work system. In Canada, they're similar. Uh, in other countries, they have similar work systems where the workplace can can you know get some government funding and will buy in this kit. That's the pro pricing. And the benefit there is that you get the, 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 all the updates, maintenance and feature updates, forever for life, right? Or at least, you know, in quotes, life, right? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what life means in this case, but okay, let's say for a long time. Okay, so that's what the 3499 is giving you. And now I'm starting to realize when I was learning about this yesterday, right, so I can also, and this is the second thing, I could personally buy the professional option and never have to pay the $200 per year because essentially that $1,000 extra is giving me that lifetime subscription. That's another way to look at it. And of course, you get the option of the frames as well. If the, if the additional frames and the glasses and the look of it matters to you, uh, then that's an option in that Pro Edition as well. So that's essentially the headlines, all the details, as I say, let'sinvision.com. Now, we did actually put this, well, I put this question to Karthik Karnan from Envision when he was on the show in October. And I actually spoke to him in July, and the interview was embargoed because we had the uh, the features that we were talking about weren't coming live until October. So that's why the interview aired in October. Um, but in that interview, even back in July when I spoke to him, I asked him about subscriptions because I had, like a lot of people, I think, a fear that, you know, you pay your money, you pay your $2,500, you pay your, you know, reduced price at the beginning of the year as, as there was a, if you remember earlier in the year, there was a, a reduction in price last year. You pay your money, and that's great, but then what? Because surely, and, and this is my take on this, a company can't live forever on just that, right? It, it, there's no monthly income. So how does it make money? Once everyone's bought the product, how do you keep developing it? Now, you might have a very different view on this, but, but my take is I, I personally feel that there has to be, we've talked about this with Amazon. I mean, look at Amazon right now. Amazon are you know, cutting people from the Lady A program because it's not making money. So there's a question to be raised about, you know, if you sell the, the, the devices and then we've all got the devices, how do you keep the income coming in? Now, look, Amazon's a different story. Envision, I think, maybe deserves more of this conversation than Amazon does. But anyway, I did put this question to Karthik Khan, and here's what he had to say. This conversation, as I say, took place in July last year, and it was aired here on Double Tap in October. I think most reasonable people would say, and I've had these views um, relayed to me on, on my show, that people often think, you know what, if something's worth buying, I'll spend the money. But I think people often feel just that little bit of concern that, you know, they spend the money, they spend the thousands of dollars, and then they hear of a new product, an updated version, and they think, I've got to go and buy this again? Really? And that could put people off entirely. Yeah, no, obviously that's, you that's can't you, you can't tell me here that you're never going to update the product and, and the new version is never going to come out. Of course you can't say that because that's the way that the technology works. Uh, but but what is the longevity of this device if I buy it today? I think you can definitely expect us to support uh you know the so the all glasses come with 2 years worth of software updates completely free of cost. So you don't have to pay for any firmware or software update uh, for the glasses for the first two years. And after the first two years, you basically pay $100 per year to get updates and firm, uh, firmware and software updates to the glasses after that. So the glasses are essentially from the time you buy them today, they're supported for at least two years with continuous updates, uh, you know, with improvements to the software, with new features and so on and so forth. So it is, it is at least got two years of, of shelf life that is guaranteed by Envision in a way um, because of the updates that we're going to be pushing. Envision might introduce new versions of the glasses in the future, depending on when they tend to arrive. We might, uh, you know, even partner with completely different companies in the future uh, to offer, you know, different versions of the Envision glasses. That's basically the nature of the platform itself. Like we've built it in such a way that we're not in any way tied to the hip, uh, you, know, you know, to Google or any other particular hardware manufacturer. We want the glasses to be as open as possible. But having said that, 
we'll always continue to support the current generation of the Envision glasses for as long as we can. And that, you know, uh, for at least a couple of years, uh, it's something that Envision glasses, Envision itself will will provide software updates for. And beyond that as well, wherever applicable, we try to make our updates as backward compatible as possible. Yeah, because ultimately, if I was a consumer who bought, you know, a, a device for like $3,500, I definitely would want to go ahead and and see it be supported at least for a few years. Or even if not getting new updates, I wouldn't want it to stop working entirely, right? I wouldn't, mm. uh, I would at least want to keep the current functionality uh, with me as much as possible, uh, which is which is a very fair ask from customers and which is also something that we want to do anyway. So interestingly, that conversation, as I say, took place in July uh, last year, and he did mention a price, didn't he? He said $100 per year. Now we've learned that's actually $200 per year. Now, I have to be honest, you could pick him up on that and you could say, well, hang on a minute, you said $100 and now it's $200. (sighs) Look, you know, obviously at that time they were probably figuring it all out, so I'm really not going to get hung up on that, to be perfectly honest. You might, I don't. Um, I I think businesses have to make decisions. Uh, You know, maybe he spoke too quickly, on that and came up with a number. Um, I do think he repeated that on other shows as well. Um, so that's interesting. But, you know, let's let's move on from that because I think ultimately they have got a price. They have laid it out now. They had never written it down before, I don't think. So, you know, take that as you will. Um, but it is interesting that they've brought this in. And I think I'll be really interested to hear your take on this because I can really imagine there's a mix of opinions. I certainly, if you listen to the, the webinar, which we'll put a link to in our show notes if you follow us on the podcast, uh, we'll put a link to the uh, YouTube video where you can go and listen to it. Um, the webinar wasn't broadcast on or, or used by, or you know, made by Double Tap. So we, we can't play that content in. And I don't want to play people's voices in who haven't agreed to be aired here on the show uh, but you can go and listen to it as I say on YouTube and there is an interesting mix of opinions I will say though lots of love for Envision on there there was a lot of love for Envision and what they do and uh, I think ultimately we want to as a community support but we don't want to feel ripped off either and this is what I, uh, why I'm so keen to hear your take on all this so do email in tell us what you think about these updates uh, you can uh, email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. That is our listener line number. Now, I also spoke to uh, Karthik Carling from Envision on the subject of, in the same interview, on the subject of the app, because it did come up in the webinar last night. Will the app remain free? Well, here is what Karthik said in July last year. The free app. Now, Envision no longer has the subscription model attached to it. Is that sustainable? We believe it is sustainable um, for two reasons. One, I think, you know, as smartphones get more and more powerful, like we've seen over the past five years, ever since we launched the Envision glasses, we believe we'll be able to bring more and more sophisticated AI completely offline. Uh, That's the one bet that we are making and the one trend that we're seeing that's going to help us keep the uh, keep the operational cost of the app as low as possible. We'll be able to bring more and more and more of the functionality that happens online entirely offline without compromising on accuracy because of the fact that smartphones themselves are going to get more powerful. The second thing is that the glasses in a way will help us, uh, you know, subsidize the app. Um, simply because, you know, it, you know, the glasses will be, the app will be sort of a point of entry for people who want to know more about Envision's technology and experience Envision's technology. And we, we hope and expect that a fair number of people who use the Envision glasses, uh, will eventually want to go ahead and get the Envision, uh, sorry, Envision app, uh, a fair number of people who use the Envision app will want to go ahead and get, uh, you know, the Envision glasses, uh, you know, at some point in the future, because, you know, they would start to see that this piece of tech that they have on a smartphone is probably much more usable and it's more easier to use uh, on smart glasses. So we will be able to continue uh, to drive users uh, off the Envision app over to the glasses. Now, that is actually a lot further than Karthik and the team uh, at Envision went last night on the webinar. Uh, and if you listen to it, you'll know what I mean. Because they didn't go quite so far to say that. I was thinking myself, surely, that the app will essentially be paid for by these continuing rolling updates. They didn't go so far to say that last night, but Karthik did say that in the interview. And I think that ultimately is the case, that the app subscription 
will be leveraged by the cost of the glasses and also the rolling updates. And that $200 per year, that $199 a year, I suppose, is the official number. Um, again, that doesn't kick in until January 2024. All updates between now and then will continue to roll in for free. So if you have the glasses now, uh, two things. One, you will notice that there is an update available, and that will update you to uh, the Home Edition, as, as it will now be called. That software update will essentially put you into the Home Edition category. Uh, now, there are some caveats and some differences. Some people, depending on when they bought the glasses, will be able to upgrade to the Pro Edition. I think if you've paid, say, $3,500 for it, you're going to be upgraded to the Pro Edition because essentially you've paid that money. Uh, you know, I have to say, I think that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair. Rather than just saying, let's level this out, actually they're saying, look, you've paid your money. This is where we're going, and we will honour that. We will honour the position you were in at the time and what you paid. They don't, I don't think they had to do that, but I think it's good that they've done it. So, yeah, I'll be interested in your thoughts. You might think I'm too fair on this. I don't know. I, I, I think I've said this before. I think we as a community have to sometimes put our hand in our pocket to make this thing continue. If we want it to continue, look, at the end of the day, it's a choice. And there are other options out there. Envision glasses are brilliant, but they're very expensive. And you do have other options. If you've got an Android phone, you've got Lookout. You can get the Envision app for free on there. If you have an iPhone, you've got Seeing AI and you've got Envision AI. So there are other options available to you. You don't have to go out and buy the Envision glasses. No one's putting a gun to your head. And I think that's the important thing. So tell me I'm wrong. You might think I'm entirely wrong on this, but you tell me. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. And uh, you can uh, call us on our listener line, one 803 Four five six seven. Now, coming up, I am going to be talking to the Lighthouse Tech organization. You might have heard of them. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. Nathan Deutsch is going to be joining me to talk all about a product that they unveiled at CES this year, the Consumer Electronics Show. We've talked a lot about the different types of glasses out there, right? That They seem to be coming out. I mean, Envision glasses is one example of smart glasses. These, though, is a bit different because what these are about are obstacle detection. So you're kind of on the, you know, we're kind of back to the WeWalk, we're back to the Sunu band, but this time on your face. Yeah, on your face. I don't know what I feel about that. But okay, we're going to get into that conversation. Nathan Deutsch telling us all about this prototype that was launched or shown at uh, CES this year, so we'll get to that. Uh, lots of you sending in your uh, messages as well. I want to play in this uh, voicemail from CC, a very important update on the Freestyle Libra app following the uh, latest iOS updates. Today, folks, this is CC on the line from Montreal. The Freestyle Libra blood glucose monitoring system for iPhone is broken again with iOS 16.3. It'll Give an error that says uh, the reader or the sensor cannot be read, and then within a couple of hours it'll tell it to shut down. But it also sends the alarm signal, and I haven't any idea what it's alarmed about. But uh, the people at uh, Freestyle Libre think it's probably an inability to connect alarm. So in any case, if you're using Freestyle Libre 2, do not upgrade to 16.3 because you will not have access to your blood glucose monitors. It took a month and a half to get the fixed last time when 16 first came in. Mm. So I'm not uh, optimistic about how it's going to go with the Freestyle Libre app. And you don't seem to be in my podcast feed today, Tuesday. I hope everybody's okay. Bye for now. <laughs> uh, thank you, CC. Yes, we're all fine. Uh, I think we had a couple of hiccups on the podcast this week, but it's all resolved. It has all been resolved. Gremlins in the system as usual. Uh, but these things do tend to uh, get themselves sorted. I think you got a double episode on Wednesday. You lucky people. Um, okay, thank you for that, CC. Do you know, the, I, I'm sorry, this is just not good enough. I mean, this is a, a such an important device when it comes to health, uh, you know, and diabetes. Monitoring blood glucose levels is really important. And the app not being accessible, that's not good enough. It really is not good enough. Not for a health device like that. So come on, guys, get that sorted out. That is just ridiculous. 
Uh, okay, let's uh, move on because, you know, I talk a lot about iOS here on the show and iPhones and all the rest of it. Negative Julian has uh, been keen to uh, put the boot in, I think is the uh, right phrase. Uh, <laughs> here's Negative Julian, email read by Laura. Good morning, gentlemen. Well, is it not a glorious day? The new, much improved Talkback 13.1 has arrived. Now, I know I hardly needed to mention that as you were both bursting with enthusiasm to tell the world about it, just mm. like you would for the tiniest iOS change. Yep. But just in case it somehow slipped your minds, the highlights. Improved editing options. The split tap action that you like so much, now implemented. Ooh. A new way of changing accessibility volume. Actions now included as a granularity option. Improved connection options for Braille devices. An accessible spell checker included as part of TalkBack and reachable via the granularity selector. Yeah. Now, I did consider doing some sort of review, but it, suddenly it came to me that I am not the right man for the job. Stephen, now is your time. Oh. The time for you to finally come out of the closet and reveal <gasps> the true, great, shining tech passion of your life, <gasps> Android. Uh, Come now, uh, do you really think that any of us have been fooled by that overdone wild passion for anything Apple? He thinks he doth <laughs> protest too much. Oh, I know that you have agonised over it, like a bishop who has discovered that he likes to visit the local coven and dance naked around a bonfire. You have wondered, <laughs> what will my congregation think? Surely if they find out, they will run mad. What will Mr F think? Stephen, you must to yourself be true. Your soul okay. will never be at peace if you continue to deny yourself. Mm. How many long hours have you spent locked in the safety of your studio, silently caressing the smooth curves of your Pixel 6a? How nice. many times have you gently wiped your tears of joy from its screen? Mm. Come on, Stephen. A glowing, rapturous review of Talkback 13.1. You know you want to. Regards. Negative <sighs> Julian. Uh, yes. You know oh. One fly in the ointment. Mm. Samsung. I do not have a phone to check this out myself, but apparently while the rest of us are enjoying TalkBack 13.1, Samsung claim to be running version 13.1, but have not got the improvements. Why do they do that? It gives the whole operating system a bad name. Yes, yeah, good point, Julian. It is actually a good point. Samsung are, uh, they, they kind of tend to go off and do their own thing. And, you know, they had this whole thing with TalkBack. I didn't really understand the relationship they had, I actually thought Samsung was helping to improve TopBack and it seems it's kind of the other way around. I don't know, not, not saying they were hindering it, but they were essentially creating their own version of TopBack in amongst all this, which meant that the updates that were coming through from Google weren't being implemented in. They, they're kind of taking those updates and building them into their operating system at their own speed, which means that you end up, you know, out of kilter with everyone else. And that's, that's not really brilliant. Uh, but yes, Google Pixel 6a is a beautiful device. I've actually got it in my hand right now. It's never far from me, actually, on this desk. It is a beautiful device, and I got a little... I don't know what the make of this case is for it, but it is so nice, and it just makes it so chunky and lovely, like a big, chunky chocolate bar, and I wish I could eat it, because um, I don't do much else with it. But anyway, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> top back is out, the new version. I will check that out, if nothing else, Julian, because of... The split tap feature. That is a feature which I have wished was on Android for a long time. It is such a useful feature and it is so easy. It's, I find it so much easier to use. A lot of people don't know much about it. And really, it is just another way of double tapping, right? You, you hold a finger on, say, an item you want, and then you use the thumb, for example, just to tap anywhere on the screen. And that acts as the second tap. And hence why you call it a split tap, because you kind of you know, find what you want with your finger and then tap with the other finger anywhere on the screen, and that invokes a tap. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Okay, thank you for that, Julian. I will definitely check it out, and you never know, maybe a review will come. Maybe, uh, hang on a second, is that a cow flying by? Is it? Oh, I thought that was a cow flying by. Mm. Anyway, uh, stick around. <laughs> Coming up next, Nathan Deutsch joins me from Lighthouse Tech to uh, talk about a new prototype how would you fancy uh, wearing a pair of glasses that can help you avoid obstacles hmm. on your face? Stick around. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. 
Yeah, let's get back to it and uh, talk to uh, Nathan Deutsch. Now, Nathan is from Lighthouse Tech, and uh, he's here to tell us all about a new product that was shown off at CES in Las Vegas this year, the big consumer electronics show. It has uh, got a weird name at the moment, LTHO1. It is a prototype. Uh, And these are glasses to help you detect obstacles above the waist. Let's find out more about it. Great to have you with us on Double Tap, Nathan. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. So you've been at CES this year. Uh, Nathan, tell us what you've been showing. What have you been telling people about? So at CES uh, this year, we've been displaying uh, our product uh, prototype, which we call LTH01. Uh, I'm holding it in my hands right now. Um, and it is an eyewear frame uh, developed uh, for people who are blind and vision impaired. And its sole purpose at the moment is to detect obstacles in front of the user as they're walking around and warn them using vibratory feedback. So um, right now you're going to maybe hear some vibrations. That's because I'm fooling around with the sensors here. Um, Everything is in the uh, temple of the frame. Uh, These are uh, prototypes, so it's 3D printed. It's not the final version. It's got a bit of a different feel to it. Um, But the front is acetate, and the idea is is, uh, to get these uh, as close to the size and the weight and the feeling and the look of a regular uh, fashion eyewear frame. That's incredible. And, you know, I think the thing that a lot of people are going to be really interested to learn about with these is, uh, you know, these are smart glasses to a degree, but these are not like some of the other glasses we've seen over the last year. In 2022, we heard a lot about Envision, for example, which is a pair of glasses that, you know, gives lots of information about your environment using AI. That's not the, that's not what these are, right? These are not for that. That's absolutely correct. Um, we are really trying to solve the problem of obstacle detection and avoidance. Um, there's a number of different challenges that uh, we're fully aware of uh, when it comes to getting around safely and getting around uh, confidently uh, in indoor and outdoor environments. Uh, right now, uh, uh, we're not on the market yet, but what we're aiming to do with these um is to provide people with confidence uh, not to knock their heads or upper bodies where the white cane is uh, is not effective. Um, let me just give you a, a, a tiny bit of history in terms of how we arrived there. Um, we uh, were founded, we're a startup. Uh, we, uh, were found, we were founded in 2020, but um, and our um, our founders uh, are in the eyewear industry. So we're not... Uh, Um, We're not engineers, we're not technical by nature. Um, We were really interested in what the eyewear platform could do. And we were interested in making something that looked and felt as much like an eyewear fashion accessory as possible. So that's really where our our main objectives and criteria were in designing this. And then we sort of built up from there and looked at what we could do realistically. Yeah, and and just to further that point, I mean, this is something which you can customize to some degree, right? You you can build this into other frames. I read on your your website that this is something that is kind of part of the mission here is to make this something that is, you know, a part of your identity. It's not just a pair of static style glasses that everybody has to wear. You know, almost like the white cane ends up that look of blindness. Yes, that's that's right. In fact, just on the prototypes that we have right now. Um, it's quite easy for uh, for uh, for us to switch out the um, the acetate front. So I've got a couple of different uh, different models here. This one sort of has more of a translucent turtle shell look to it, but the uh, possibilities are are very much uh, limitless. Um, right now, the prototype is a bit more bulky than we'd like it to be. Uh, we we can still come down quite a bit there. Um, part of the reason for that is that the battery. That, uh, that is in here is is quite big for testing. But uh, eventually we can put these uh, in all kinds of shapes and sizes and colors. And, and this is something that really came, um, um, you know, from, from the heart, from <laughs> in the in the fashion eyewear industry. I mean, that's that's the, that's what that's what these um, our founders have been doing all their life. I'm personally I'm not in this in the industry myself. I came from a different background. Um, but uh, I think what really clicked with uh, with the uh, the founders, so Franco and Ricardo, when they started to work on this with blind associations, 
is that people were asking them to make something that looked good and they were asking them for different colors and they were asking them even for Swarovski crystals and other fashion accessories. So this was real, uh, it was a real eye-opener. And why not, right? Why shouldn't people have the choice to look whatever they want like anybody else can? If anyone else goes to buy a pair of glasses, that's what they do, right? Um, I want to ask about vibration. You touched on this. and uh, You know, vibrations on the face sounds a little bit, um, it could be a little bit overwhelming for some people, may not be an enjoyable experience. So what are you doing about that? That's correct. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And we've been um, we've been told this by testers. Um, this is a prototype that is uh, still in the in the making. Um, there's no reason to keep the vibration on the face. In fact, we have um, Bluetooth chip in here, so we can simply just send it elsewhere. Um, right now, we're actually sort of uh, working on a partnership uh, with a company that looks at haptic wearables, and uh, we're looking at different options in terms of in terms of how we transmit the. Um, the, the presence or, or absence of, of obstacles in the path. Is there any way that this could be linked into, say, a GPS app on your device? So, for example, if I was walking down the street, this could also act as a guide. That's correct. I, I guess um, what we've thought of, and, and I'm, I'm, our thought around that is that um, this is really the eyewear is a platform. So, you know, we're, of course, we're not the only ones out there trying to develop stuff like this. Um, we hoped we were, but turns out we're not. <laughs> um, and we, we know that there are um, other solutions out there that try to do something similar um, or try to put different kinds of functionality into the eyewear frame. Um, this is something that we can certainly use um, to receive and transmit signals as well. Um, the chip, as, as I said, is connected, so um, we can put processing in the smartphone. We can also, and, and I think this is where we aim to go uh, uh, with the first version, and I, I, I hope we'll keep it this way as well, is something that's really standalone as well. Um, and part of the logic behind that for, for us coming into this project was that um, many of the uh, users of something like this are going to be uh, part of an aging population, part of a population that's losing sight because of aging. Uh, and so we really want to make something that's standalone and that uh, that works out, uh, works well as well without a, without a connection. Let me ask you a bit more about these sensors, because having tried various pieces of kit myself, I'm blind too, and I've tried lots of different things over the years. I've tried Sunuband, WeWalk, SmartCane. And I think that you know, what's interesting about all these devices is that they do give a lot of information on top of um, what you're already getting. So, for example, if you have your cane in the same hand as you're wearing the Sunu band, that can be a problem. If you're using the WeWalk, the information on the cane is not traveling up because you're getting overwhelmed by vibrations. What's different about this, do you think? What, what is different about doing it this way in glasses versus on something on, say, your wrist or in your hand? So I think there are... Um, I would I would break it down into uh, into two different uh, factors that we've looked at, um, or two different advantages of I, I would say of doing it with glasses. Uh, one ex one advantage is simply the, the positioning of the wearable. Um, having it at face height uh, gives you um, immediate protection from anything that's going to hit your face or or, or upper body. Um, and another part of that really is that uh, rather than having um, uh, rather than having the the sensing being piggybacked on another type of sensing, which is tactile in the case of the cane, um, or or having it handheld, um, what we've done here is we uh, try to cover the uh, the user's field of view <clears throat> with the sensors that are on the glasses, and. Uh, give them a right or left feedback. Um, and the, the advantage of that is, is that um, users would have a much more immediate understanding of their surroundings. It's more intuitive. Um, sweeping the cane back and forth or sweeping a handheld device back and forth um, with a, a, a narrow, with, an, a, with an, a sensor that has a narrow field of view uh, requires um, additional I guess you could call it additional uh, cognitive processing uh, to understand the environment well. Uh, whereas with something like this, 
Um, I'm putting it on my face right now just to, uh, as, a, as a quick demonstration. But if an obstacle is in, in the left side of my field of view, I'm going to feel the vibration on the left side, the left side of my body, the left, uh, the left receptor. And as I turn away from the obstacle to avoid it, I will at some point stop feeling that vibration and I can move around the obstacle. If the obstacle's right in front of me, I'll feel the vibration on both sides and I can take, uh, take steps either right or left to try to avoid the obstacle. So it's really about intuition. It's really about low training, ease of use, being able to, to leave the clinic uh, with something in your hand that can protect you pretty much right away. That is very interesting. So you say this is prototype stage and showing this at CES this year has obviously been, I guess, rather interesting for you. Why CES? Is, is it just about getting the, the word out there? What was the, the reasoning behind going to an event like that? Yeah, um, I think it's exposure for, for us. And of course, we're, we're in Switzerland. So, you know, going to America is, uh, is a big step uh, in terms of visibility, media attention, and so on. Um, the, uh, the other part of it is that uh, we were also present uh, more in the medical, med tech, medical devices space until now. And um, this was really sort of uh, a first step in, uh, you know, looking at, uh, at the consumer side and sort of showing it more broadly uh, in a different environment. And I have to ask you the, the most obvious question of all. <laughs> Do you have a, an idea yet on price for these? Are you thinking about a price yet? Yes, absolutely. Um, so one of the criteria here is to keep the price accessible. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in terms of... Uh, in, in, in terms of doing that, uh, I have to also say we're looking at reimbursement. So it's uh, there's a reimbursement strategy involved as well in the in the, in the pricing structure. But we're looking uh, definitely uh, sub one thousand dollars, one thousand uh, francs, or one thousand euros uh, in that range. Um, hopefully, hopefully somewhat, hopefully significantly less. But uh, but that's sort of what we're aiming at right now in, in terms of our first production run. And in terms of the prototype, so we're in January, where are we like or when are we likely to see something that we can that we can purchase and it is essentially, you know, beyond that prototype stage, the final version. So, uh realistically, we're looking at the uh, end so last quarter of 2023, uh having something uh, something out there that uh, that you can buy. And we'll initially be selling it online, um, but uh, soon after it will be available um, through through distribute, uh, distribution, other distribution channels as well. Um, I suppose uh, I should also mention uh, we're aiming to um, to sell first uh, in our geography, which is. Um, countries in in Europe uh, that are closest to us, so we can deal with uh, glitches, problems, and testing more easily. Um, beta testing is going to uh, going to obviously be uh, happening before this. Um, so you know, again, I invite uh, people uh, and associations to uh, get in contact uh, with us if they're interested in taking a look. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap TV and telling us all about. LTH01, which I'm sure will have a different name by the time it comes out. I'm sure it will too. <laughs> I hope it will. <laughs> and uh, as you heard, that interview for uh, Double Tap TV as well, uh, which you can go and check out because uh, not only do we talk to Nathan, we talk to a whole range of companies in a one-hour-long CES special on YouTube, which you can go and find right now. Uh, you can get that by going to youtube.com slash double tap on air. That will take you right to our YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe to all of our Double Tap TV shows, uh, which is uh, a show on AMI-TV as well. You can check it out on AMI-TV and on the AMI-TV app as well if you're in Canada. So do check that out, all the episodes in full there. And like I say, that special episode, that one hour long episode, our CES special, we do it every year. Uh, it's become a bit of a tradition for us to focus on CES every year. Uh, because it really is such a huge event in the calendar. It's a great opportunity to learn about what is going on, what the big tech is going to be. One area, I think, of huge development this year is going to be artificial intelligence. And we have a fantastic interview coming up tomorrow ahead of another 
Uh, really interesting. And I promise you this will be a really exciting Double Tap TV episode uh, when it airs uh, all around the subject of artificial intelligence. But uh, joining us in conversation tomorrow on the weekend edition with Mark and I is Joe Devon. Now, Joe Devon is, uh, you might know that name, he was one of the co-founders of the Global Accessibility Awareness Day, uh, along with Jennifer Assumption. And uh, both of them set up Global Accessibility Awareness Day uh, many years ago. And it's become, of course, a major, major event in the calendar. And it really is an opportunity for all the big tech companies to rally around and showcase what they do in terms of accessibility every day for disabled people. So really interesting. Uh, Joe talks a lot in his work life about artificial intelligence and accessibility and how they intersect. That conversation, it's honestly, it really is worth tuning in for. So check that out on tomorrow's Double Tap here on AMI-audio and on podcast. Uh, just looking ahead, actually, to what is coming up next week, some really interesting guests on the way. Um, we're going to be talking to David Ward on Monday. Uh, now, David Ward presents the Echo Tips podcast as part of his role. Uh, he's an accessibility trainer, has been for many years. Uh, he's blind himself, and he is going to be joining us to talk to us about the Amazon Echo uh, to talk about the different things that we do with it and how it works for him and also, you know, his podcast and what he does. And also, I guess, to find out his thoughts on the future of the Amazon Echo, because, of course, we're hearing so much about you know, what the future might be. Uh, so we're going to be uh, joined by David. Another David joins us on Tuesday. Uh, David Dichter joins us to talk about the ATIA conference, which begins next week. Uh, we'll be talking about that fantastic conference, uh, bringing together accessible tech experts from all around the world, trainers, teachers, family members, people who are blind, partially sighted, disabled, all learning about assistive technology and how it can make a difference. Uh, it's a really big opportunity, one of the biggest in the world, actually. A fantastic gathering taking place in Orlando next week. We'll tell you all about that. We'll be joined by David Dichter. He is the CEO of the ATIA. He'll be joining us on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Greg Hayes, long-time listener to the show, he joins us to talk all things HomePods. Yeah, we're going to devote a whole hour to HomePods, the Apple HomePod, because if I'm honest, it's the one Apple device which I've never really gotten on with that well. And I've often thought, is this just another Apple TV? Is it just another hobby project? Is it just something I shouldn't bother wasting my time on? Especially when, you know, they brought out the HomePod Big and then they deleted the HomePod Big. They just got rid of it and replaced it with the HomePod Small. And now the HomePod Big is back. I'm thinking, hmm, okay, is it time maybe to rethink the HomePod? And maybe even as a replacement for Lady A? Shh, I know, don't say that too loudly. I know, I'm sorry. So that is just a taste of what is to come on next week's Double Tap. Now, you might remember recently we talked about clipboards, and I was telling you about my uh, the video that I saw on somewhere, YouTube or Facebook or whatever it was, and it was someone talking about an app called Ditto. And this app promised to be on Windows, like a, a kind of clipboard manager, but also a store for clipboard managing. So you could have lots of, you know, if you, tech, if you copy text, you could have this text copied and saved forever, right? It was like an archive of your, every time you hit copy C. And it could be really useful for a lot of things. And then I was saying, well, actually, I, I, in trying to get Ditto to work, which didn't, I ended up finding Windows V, which is essentially Windows Clipboards Manager. And I thought that was rather interesting. Well, Carrie has got in touch to share her thoughts on this uh, email, of course, as always, read by Laura. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Double Tap is such a great podcast. Thank you for all you both do and for all the laughs. I've only started listening because Stephen shared it with me on Twitter, but I have really enjoyed it, especially at 1 to 2am in the morning when I should be asleep. Mm -hmm. I do have a comment for today's podcast. The Windows clipboard is so, so invaluable. It saves me so much time. I use it for large pieces of text, like groups of hashtags, long descriptions for posts and templates for answering comments or emails for my YouTube channel and social media. Carry on accessibility if you're curious. It can also be really useful when managing orders and customers on platforms for work. There are times you may not remember SKU, item numbers, dimensions, pricing, contact details and other information. You may need different strings of text and can't all group them together. It's much better than having to constantly consult a text editor with notes and copy and paste manually. It's lamentable that the clipboard history only goes back 25 items. I believe JAWS has a feature like this, but I don't know if MVDA has an add-on that's similar. I will add a reminder that it's important to use Control-Alt-V 
or Ctrl-Shift-V on Chrome when pasting to keep consistent formatting. I tried Ditto as well, but could not get it to work with NVDA, then tried with a screen magnifier. No can do. I wish there was a short code or text replacement for Windows like there is for iOS or Gboard on Android. If only I could type only a few characters and have it replaced with whatever I wanted, it would change my life and workflow. If anyone knows anything like this for Windows, please let us know. By the way, my six-year-old son, who is also visually impaired, was listening to part of the podcast this morning and is still looking for the elevator behind the couch. He speculates (laughs) that the elevator may be hiding in our kitchen island or in a plant pot. Anyway, thanks again for all you do. All the best, Carrie Morales. Ah, thank you, Carrie, and uh, I'm so glad you're with us. Yeah, I saw Carrie uh, because she has her own uh, YouTube channel. Uh, as she says, carry on accessibility. She's absolutely fantastic, and uh, we must get you on, Carrie. We must get you on to talk about your your show and what you do. And uh, come on and tell us all about it. But yeah, it was really interesting because uh, I, I'd mentioned to her on Twitter that the show was here. Because um, it's funny, right? A lot of people just still don't know. And I, I get that because how can you know everything that's going on? There's so much going on. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you, you, you've uh, come with us on this wild journey that is Double Tap. Um, yeah, the clipboard thing is really interesting because I uh, I must admit, I, I know Sean was a little bit dismissive of it. I think it is actually pretty cool uh, having that feature. And I'm with you. I wish it would go back further. JAWS does have it, insert space. Uh, it brings up the JAWS layer, and then you hit H, and that brings you to JAWS history, which actually, I don't know how much it captures, but it does seem to capture a lot, and pretty much every keystroke, everything you do, everything it hears, uh, it uh, will capture, so you can go back and copy, which is really, really useful. Uh, But that's a good question. Does NVDA have similar? I don't know. And I will say one thing about text replacement on, not so much iOS, but on the uh, Mac side, it's not perfect, I use some of my little short codes sometimes, and they don't always work in certain places. So it's not it's not entirely uh, perfect, unfortunately. But anyway, there you go. We're out of time for today. Thank you so much for being with me. I hope you have a lovely weekend. I hope you catch uh, the weekend edition with Mark and I. We're talking with Joe Devon. Uh, he is uh, the co-founder of the Global Accessibility Awareness Day, along with Janice and Assumption. He'll be talking about a bit of that. And also artificial intelligence and how it could change the lives of disabled people. That coming up on the next Double Tap. I'll catch you then. Uh, Have a great weekend. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.